Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I thank you for the wonderful privilege that you have given us to be in your presence, what you have already spoken to us in your word, and what you will continue to speak, God. We thank you now in advance. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. You may be seated. Um, I have felt impressed a few weeks ago leading up to uh, really where we are today to just do some teaching on stewardship I did that last Sunday and this past Wednesday night. We're going to continue to do that for uh, um, until I feel released in my heart, I guess, from that. Just a few services here. I've been talking about the generous life, the generous life. And um, we've all been there, I guess, at some point or another. Perhaps there's exceptions to this, but I think for the most part, most of us have been there. We've studied hard for certain things perhaps uh, a test that's in our path and we have studied hard we think that we have all the answers in our mind tucked away settled in our life and then the day of the test comes the actual day of the test and suddenly you blank out you freeze up and um, I'm not proud of that but I struggle with that in school uh, my whole life I would know the answers but it was just something about the pressure of that moment, it just made those answers seem a little bit elusive. And uh, there's a little bit of a nervous feeling when you think you're about to take a test. I think that's normal for the most part. Now, I know there are just some hyper geeks among us that just live and thrive for those. They just can't sleep the night before, but it's, it's with great anticipation because they get to take a test. But I do believe that's a minority. We're thankful they're among us because they help prod us on and and help us to become better. But I think it is a little bit normal to face a little bit of anxiety or stress uh, just before we're being tested. But tests are just simply a part of life. And uh, we're not just tested in school, but tests come all throughout our life where we have to decide Uh, what we're going to do, and if we're not careful, we can have that same anxious feeling about other tests that we face in our life. For the first two services of this year, I have been talking about the importance of stewardship, and uh, last Sunday was our commitment Sunday, and what a tremendous presence of God and a powerful move of the Holy Ghost that came at the end of the service, and I think that God was just giving us some demonstration to affirm his word Amen, I truly believe that. Wednesday night, I talked about the importance of being generous and not just generous in the area of uh, of giving, but generous in other areas as we dealt with in Scripture, things like forgiveness and mercy. And and, uh, because the Scripture says with how you measure that out, that's how that's coming back to you. 
And so I always want to make sure in uh, specific areas that I am very, very generous about that because I, I want that. I need mercy in my life. I certainly need forgiveness in my life. And so I want the Lord to bless us. And so uh, just for a few moments this morning, I'm going to talk to you about the subject of the test of tithing. Amen. The test of tithing. To be honest um, with all of us this morning that I believe that every time we get uh, paid or every time we have an increase, it's testing time. It's testing time. What what are we going to do now? And uh, God has granted something into our hand, allowed something to cross our path. It may be our weekly check or it just may be something that God allows to come in our life through some other venue. And so what are we going to do? What are we going to do first? Well, I'm just going to tell you how I was raised. And uh, I think I was raised good when it comes certainly along these lines. I'm not just talking about my parents, but I'm talking about other influencers in my life. I was taught that when the scripture mentions first fruit, that's exactly what it means, first, first. Amen, I'm gonna take this out first and I'm gonna give that to God, that's what it means. And so we have to ask ourselves on these moments of increase, where does the first check go or where does the first electronic transfer, if we're gonna keep it current today, where is that gonna go? If If that first fruit is going to Visa or MasterCard, um, the problem with that is, is that Visa doesn't have the power to bless our finances. It has the power to affect our finances, <laughs> but not bless our finances. And so only God has the ability to bless us beyond the limits of the gift. And so I want to make sure that I have this in chronological order. I want to make sure that that is the first fruit. Um, we're, we're, of course, in a, a, in a very electronic age, and so you'll just have to pardon uh, this illustration, but generations ago, or not that many generations ago, uh, there were husbands and wives and their families, when they were paid, they used an envelope system. And into that envelope, the very first envelope that got filled was their tithe because we want to make sure that we don't spend this on anything else. Amen. With God, there is increase. And they had an understanding of that. And I want to get that. And so here's what my point in all of this is today and for the last few services and maybe for another service or so, is that I think it's important that we do things, but more important that we know why we do what we do. And so we have to kind of give some credibility and some credence, and we do that through Scripture. Malachi 3 and 6, the Bible says, For I am the Lord, for I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances. Now, it's important that we understand those words right there that you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me. And I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, wherein shall we return? And then we come to verse 8 and 9 and 10, which we have read and quoted many times. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithe and in offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. So Malachi now in verse 10 says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there might be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open 
you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Verse 11, this is powerful. Amen, verse 10 is powerful, but verse 11 is even more powerful in my opinion. He said not only will he open the windows of heaven and just bless us and give us, but he follows this promise in verse 11 by saying, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Not only will I give you something, but I'm gonna come back and protect what I just gave you. I will rebuke the one that could come along and devour. So I could give you a great harvest, but the devourer of that harvest may come along and allow the vine or the fruit of the vine to drop off prematurely, but I'm gonna put my hand against that. I'm gonna take care of you. And verse 12, the Bible says, and all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord. Verse number seven, I pause at that just a moment ago. Even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. And so Malachi is trying to bring back uh, people that have drifted away from an ordinance. An ordinance is just a principle of ordinary behavior. This is what you should be doing. You've drifted away from something that is ordinary. It's ordinary to thank God for gifts. Or uh, if we would just put it today uh, down on, on a different level, it would, it would also be just an ordinary thing if someone gave you something to say thank you. Some... Some comment, some gesture, perhaps uh, to send them a card or a phone call or whatever to, to just say thank you. I want to thank you for the gift that you uh, gave me or whatever. I just want to thank you. And so it's an ordinary thing the Lord is saying or Malachi is saying it's an ordinary thing to just thank the Lord. Now, if you don't think that uh, what you received was from the Lord, this is where you may be cross-threaded. Amen. If you just think that whatever you have, you got because you're just that good looking and that cool and that shrewd and that smart and, and on and on and on and on, then maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about today. But when you, when you get the understanding that what I have, I have by the mercy of God. He has allowed this to flow into my life. It is not mine. It's not mine. Amen. So on one hand, I can be blessed by obeying the word of the Lord. On the other hand, I can be cursed. I'll talk about that word in just a moment, a little bit more, amen. But if I have a choice, I wanna be blessed. I want the hand of God's favor upon my life. And I pray that often, if not daily, Lord, I want to live with your favor. Now that brings responsibility to me to say I want your favor in my life. That means I've got to live a life that is favorable unto the Lord. And I can't live counter his word across his word, I've got to line up with his word. Uh, amen. I think that uh, what when we're talking about a curse here, I wanna be careful in this passage of scripture. Uh, there, the, the curse is just the end result of, uh, of our actions. <clears throat> Follow me now for just a moment. If you don't pay your light bill, let's just use this as an example. If you don't pay your light bill, um, whoever your light company is, they don't curse you. You're not hexed, but there's gonna be a consequence for your actions or the, maybe the lack of actions. 
And so how many of us, I don't, please don't get up and run around, throw your hands up and all that, just got a question I'm gonna to toss out to your heart. But when the power goes out, how many of us are just amazed about how many areas of your life that affects? It's far more than just being in the dark. The lights are out, and, and so many times, especially if around here, you know, they just kind of go out for a while when they go out, can't, or they have the ability to do that. And so you just, you just forget, you, well, okay, you got it in your mind that the lights are out, so you got a flashlight, and then you go to the sink to wash your hands. Oh, the well's electric. And so, so many areas of our life, it affects so many, many areas of our life, and we can't comprehend that sometimes when, uh, when we are in the throes of that. And so here's what happens is little by little when we are not in the will of God, walking with him, it begins to affect other things in our life, trickle-down effect. It's connected here and connected there and connected over here. Hey, the book of Haggai says this, you have sown much and you bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe ye, he clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put in it, put it into a bag with holes. Amen. Now, I understand in the book of Haggai that this is referring to the temple being in disrepair, but it truly, the principle of this is that it speaks to people that were taking care of themselves and not the things of God. And so I'm gonna tell you what happens that when we are not faithful in, our, in, in giving to what God in his word has mandated we do is this is our life summed up in Haggai 1 and 6. We sow much, but we bring in little. And we never have enough. You drink, but you're not filled. Amen, you clothe, but you're not warm. You earn wages, but you just seem like you just put those wages into a bag that has holes in it. And there's never enough. And can I tell you that when we don't do it God way, there will never be enough. There'll never be enough. Amen. But when we do it God's way, little can be much when the hand of God's blessing and favor is upon that. Amen. So I want to keep God first. Amen. I want to keep that first. I would also say in the area of tithe, since tithing in scripture is specific, uh, we know that a tithe uh, is 10%. And so we're not kind of guessing about what the tithe would be. And so tithe and offerings are two completely different things. And so we, we have to be very careful or we should be very careful when we just try to pass something like a token offering off as tithe. Amen. I think we need to be very careful when we are tithing. Amen. And so we can... We can just slip whatever currency in an envelope or write whatever check and check tithing, but we need to make sure our integrity is in check with the Lord in that regard because I don't want to try to push something off because the Lord can count. Amen. Yes, he can. And that is now we're in, now we're in an area of being dishonest. And the Bible says that all liars will have their place in the lake of fire. Amen. Is this all right? Amen, so I need to be very careful that I don't confuse those two. I say, Lord, help me to, 
to, to understand the difference between scripture mandating that we pay tithes, but we give our offerings. We give that. And so for us not to practice spiritual integrity is just going to lead to more and more problems. So if anything, I want to give more, not less. I want to make sure that I give more. Some, some uh, people ask, and I've been asked this many times through the years, people say, well, you know, the issue of tithing, isn't, isn't that just an Old Testament concept. Isn't that just the law? And did that not end with the New Testament? Well, uh, let's talk about that for just a moment. I believe, as I said, that tithing is a test. Malachi 3.10, bring the tithe, prove me. If I will not open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And so here is the test. The real test is this, to see whether or not we believe that the 90% blessed will go further than the 100% unblessed. It's testing time. It's testing time. And so God watches the integrity of our heart. And so if we don't struggle to pay tithes on $10, the Lord might allow us to get 20. And if we don't struggle to pay tithe on the 20 and maybe 100 and on and on and on, but you know what? The economy of God is the same. It is an equal sacrifice for all that are involved, an equal sacrifice. So it's, a, it's that test. Tithing is to prove that God will provide. He will take care of it. I'm speaking today, I believe, to more than just a handful of people that have had to make a decision about what you were going to do. I remember uh, uh, an elderly pastor many years ago that was confronted uh, with a family that was going through a tough time. And so they came to him before church. They were not, this was not a loaded question. They were sincere in their heart. And they said, Pastor, we have enough money to pay our tithes or we have enough money to buy groceries. And he said, we need you to help us make a decision. Now, that's a tough spot for anybody to be put on. That's the day that you wish you weren't pastor. And so he said, I, I struggle with that. The, the humanity of me struggled with that. What, what do we do here? I mean, it would be real easy to just say, you know what, you need to feed your children. You need to take care of this. Or are we going to prove God right here? And see, this is where uh, someone could say that selfish or, or you could say a, a number of things about that. But he said, you know what? I felt like that we should stand on the word of God. Amen, the word of God. And he said, you know what? I think we should trust the word of God. That was what they were feeling in their heart as well. They were just struggling like we may all be at that same intersection. And when they did what they should have done, God blessed them with more groceries than they could have ever purchased with the money that they would have kept out with the groceries. Amen, am I talking to anybody that's been in similar, walk down similar paths? Amen, they could have taken it, would have, would, have, would have bought just this much groceries, but God said, if you'll do what the word teaches us, I'll bless you beyond that. Amen, so I, I pray that God would help us to understand the value of proving God and trying God. Amen, the, I believe that secondly, tithing is biblical. The book of Genesis chapter 14 and verse number 18, the scripture says, and Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the most high God. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram, the most high, blessed be Abraham of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the most high God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand, and he gave him tithes 
of all. Genesis 14, 18, 19, and 20, he gave him tithe of all. Do you understand that this particular passage of scripture that is talking about tithing in Genesis 20 was given 500 years before the law of Moses was given. So this has nothing to do with Old Testament, New Testament. This is a God thing. This is a God thing. Additionally, if we consider Abel, Abel gave tithes. Amen, Abel gave tithes 2,500 years before the law of the Old Testament. Genesis 28 and 22, the scripture says, and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give a tenth or a tithe unto thee. This is what Jacob said 400 years before the law. Are you following my principle here? We're not talking about Old Testament, New Testament. We're talking about God things, God things. The Bible says in Leviticus 27 and 30, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Amen, it is holy unto the Lord. And so we're gonna give that to God. Deuteronomy 26, one through three. And it shall be when thou art come in unto the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess and possess it and dwellest therein, that thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth. I think that's so important that we understand that you take first, amen, the, the first of the fruit of the earth that which thou shalt bring out of thy land that the Lord thy God giveth and shall put it in a basket and shall go into the place of the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name there and thou shalt go in unto the priest that, that shall be in those days and say unto him I profess this day unto the Lord thy God that I am come into the country which the Lord swear unto our fathers to give us. Amen, I'm gonna take that first fruit and I'm gonna take that to the priest and I'm gonna offer that there. Amen, this is an ordinary principle that we see all throughout scripture. Amen, certainly I've been reading some Old Testament scriptures but if we turn to Matthew 23 and 23 the words of Jesus say this woe unto you scribes and Pharisees hypocrites for you pay tithe of mint and an anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law judgment mercy and faith these ought you to have done and not leave the other undone these ought you to have done he said amen Jesus said you're tithing everything fruit and the spices that go into the fruit these you should do, amen, but don't neglect mercy and don't neglect truth and don't neglect faith, amen. So here's what is very, very important, amen. The Lord said, I am God and I change not. And so the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. The God of yesterday is the God of today. And friend, if he blesses us with a tomorrow, he will be God of tomorrow, amen. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Hebrews, Hebrews speaks of Abraham paying tithes to Melchizedek and likening us to Abraham and Melchizedek to Jesus. Here it is, Hebrews 7 and 8. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them, of whom it is witness that he liveth. 
And as I may say, as I may say so, Levi also, whom received tithes, paid tithes in Abraham, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Amen. So uh, here he said, "You're going to pay money uh, here, or you're going to pay tithes." Amen. And 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 those men can die. They were speaking about Melchizedek in that he did not die; that he lived forever. I'm gonna I'm gonna just say something here today that I I truly want you to receive in Jesus. Name. I believe with all of my heart, I believe that scripture would be on my side to say this. I believe that when we set money aside, designated as tithing, that there is something spiritual that takes place when you turn it loose. Amen. This is not just money. This is not just a check. This is not just whatever. I When, when I call that this, tithe, and I turn that loose. God now is obligated himself because he said, prove me, try me, amen. Tithing is a blessing. The book of Second Chronicles, and um, I'm closing, but I don't want you to pre-dismiss on me here because I want to make a point. In Second Chronicles 31 and 4, the Bible says, moreover, he commanded the people that dwell in Jerusalem to give the portion of the priests and the Levites that they might be encouraged in the law of the Lord. Now, Hezekiah is reading from the scripture and he sees that tithing needs to be restored. It again had been drifted away from. He said, we need to restore this. There's something apparently that, this was apparently something according to history, biblical history, that Ahaz had stopped under his rule. And so Hezekiah says, we need to bring this back. And he realizes that we're not just living in a recession, but we're living under a curse. The hand of God is against us. And so he said, we gotta do something about that. Now, I want you to just follow along on the screen. Thank God for these screens that you can follow this because I want you to watch what happens here. They weren't tithing. They were in an economic downturn. Hezekiah says, wait a minute, we got to turn this thing around. Now watch the beauty of what happens. And as soon as the commandment came abroad, the children of Israel brought in abundance, the first fruits of corn, wine, oil, and honey, and of all the increase of the field and the tithe of all things brought they in abundantly. And concerning the children of Israel and, and Judah, they dwelled in the cities of Judah. They also brought in the tithe of the oxen and the sheep and the tithe of holy things which were consecrated unto the Lord their God and laid them by heap. Now we've heard the word abundantly. Now we've read the word heaps. In the third month, they begin to lay the foundation of the heaps and finish them in the seventh month. And when Hezekiah and the princes came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and the people of Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned with the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps, and Azariah, the chief priest of the house of Zadok, answered him and said this. Now, let's slow down here. Azariah answered him, and this is what he said. 
He said, since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have left plenty. For the Lord hath blessed his people and that which is left is this great store. Where did all this come from? I have a question. Where did all this come from? I have an answer for you, he said. It was when the people started bringing and the Lord started blessing. And when the Lord started blessing, we didn't just have enough to eat. We didn't just have enough to label as plenty but the Lord bless his people and that which is left is this great store. Amen, why? Because we stepped into the favor of God. Azariah assured him, if you thought 100% was good, just watch what God can do with 90. Amen. It's a blessed life when you live a life of generosity. Amen. I want the hand of God to be with me. I want him to hear me when I kneel down in prayer. I want him to know that I've done everything I know within my power. Amen. The scripture said it took them, uh, I missed this, but the scripture said that it took them four months together. Amen. Four months to collect the harvest. Amen. So no wonder there was a heat because they had been doing their part. God will bless what we commit to his hand. Amen. I, I want to just admonish some, uh, everybody here today, everybody, but I would certainly like to admonish some young couples this morning who feel a tremendous pressure from our society to keep up with the Joneses. There's a lot of pressure on our youth and young couples today and there's a lot of pressure. And if you're not careful, you'll be in such, such debt so you think you can't afford to give an offering and support missions and a building fund and pay your tithes. And I'm gonna tell you, you're digging a hole that you will never get out of until you turn that thing around. Amen. I, I don't, I don't wanna uh, make anybody uncomfortable here, but I just feel like sharing. This has been on my heart since the service started. But in the earlier years of our marriage, uh, we went through some tremendously tough times uh, financially, it was some of that was much of that was due to an accident I was involved in just a couple of years after our, we were married, and we went through some tough times. and And um, we were young in the Lord, and we were trying to do our best. and I don't want you to take anything out of context here, but but we got behind on our tithing, and I didn't know what to do because it wasn't like I could just get it out of another account. I only had one and it was painted red very red but we knew we knew that we were not right with we weren't right with the master or with the pastor <laughs> someone said and so we went and sat down with our pastor and said this is, this is where we are and you know what? A loving shepherd reached out to us with tender mercy. And he understood, but he also had an obligation. I didn't realize till years later 
I didn't realize really to about 89 <laughs> what kind of spot I put him in. That was when I became a pastor. But he helped us navigate through that. And you know what he said? We stood, it was a very spiritual moment, wasn't it? We stood in his office and he laid hands on us and prayed for us and he said, in the name of the Lord, I'm gonna forgive all this in the past. And he said, but from this moment forward, you have an obligation to get right and stay right. Amen. Was that some selfish man? No, 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 no. That was a man that said, let's just, let's just put this under the blood. Amen. And I appreciated a shepherd that would love me enough to say, we, we can't go back. We, you know, nothing from nothing's nothing. Can't get back. But he said, but, but he looked at us and said, but we, we got to do better from this point forward. And I can remember that weight that just lifted. I don't want you to think that we were just not paying tithes because we didn't want to pay tithes. I don't, I'm not saying that. We thought we were doing the right thing. And we found ourselves in a mess. I'm reaching. I feel to share this story because I feel like I'm reaching for somebody. Amen. So don't stay in the mess because you're never going to get out of it walking in that way. Turn around. Amen. Turn around. Let's stand together. Amen. Let's turn around because I want that that God blesses. I want his hand to be upon it. Amen. I want his hand to be upon my life. And so when I pray and I say, Lord, I want your favor in my life, I also pray and I realize that I have an obligation to live a life that you can favor. And so when God increases us, I want to make sure that God gets what's his. And we do that through the local church. Amen. And so we pray that God would just anoint we pray that God would just anoint that and bless us. Amen. Those heaps that were talked about, where did that come? That was the overflow. That was what was left over. We saw that same principle in the New Testament more than once when they had baskets left over. When you give it to God, God will bless it and there'll be more than enough. Amen. He's a good God, isn't he? Praise the Lord. I love you today, Jesus, and I thank you for your word. Thank you for the manifestation of your spirit and your power in this place today. I'm asking you now, Lord, to let the authority of the Holy Ghost minister in our lives and strengthen us. Let your presence touch us, Lord, as never before. Help us to live up to the word that we were taught this morning by Brother Rayleigh that just pierced our heart, God. I'm asking you to help us to rise to that challenge, and I pray, God, that you would bless the word that I have taught to our lives and help us to be different. Help us to be changed by the power and the grace of your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.